check once again, it's the incredible Hoops Animal, the uncannable Odd man, he's number one Covers the hardcore better than anyone From sun to sun, get your weekly dose of hoop news and more Always getting more than just the final score Ball is life and life is ball High school to the pros, he covers it all Hoops Talk International, we at it again Climb to the top of the backboard and tell a friend Hoops Talk International, at it again The odd man, better than anyone else my friend, yeah. Back once again. Here we are on the Hoops Talk Nation podcast. It's your man, your boy, the odd man, Audley Stevenson. And uh, we're here chopping it up, uh, talking about that basketball, that round ball, uh, giving that and keeping that basketball conversation going. And, and one of the big convos has to be arguably the biggest trade of the NBA offseason between the Boston Celtics and Cleveland Cavaliers. You, you undoubtedly have heard all about it or all about the trade. It hasn't happened yet because we're still sitting on the fence to see what exactly transpires. Uh, I got Jared Weiss, uh, my man, over uh, from uh, good folks at CLNS Radio. Uh, he's a co-host of the Garden Report, Celtics blog, post-game show. He does a little bit of everything for our CLNS family, and uh, good to have you on board, Jared. What's happening? You know, it's funny to hear you calling that the biggest trade of the offseason because I feel like we've said that for four different trades already. <laughs> no kidding. We keep, they keep trumping every it's time they do the one. They keep trumping it. There's been a whole decade's worth of trades and crazy things happening this offseason. It's, it's got to be the best offseason in the history of the game. It's incredible. It, it, it is. And, I mean, you know, the, the, you think of the likes of, the, you know, Paul George and Kyrie and – you know, whether you consider Dwight Howard a superstar is questionable, but I mean, he's still on the move and you're seeing all these players, Chris Paul, you know, change zip codes. And, you know, it's exciting from a fan's perspective because you're, you're thinking of the possibilities and, uh, and, and this, this latest, uh, latest, uh, greatest trade of the offseason with Kyrie and, 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 uh, Isaiah Thomas, the, the, the Celtics and, and Cavs switching point guards. Uh, you know, it's got everyone scratching their head because it hasn't finalized yet. Um, you know, we know that obviously, you know, the, the, the uh, Cavs are concerned with the, the, the hip injury to, to Isaiah Thomas, which we knew about from the last postseason. And, uh, I think to many, they're a bit surprised that it's, it's still come up. I, I, I didn't even think that it was still an issue, quite frankly. And that kind of caught me off guard. And so are the Cavs. And, and, uh, I mean, Jerry, let's kind of start off and, get your take on the situation as it currently stands. Um, pure insanity would be the best way to summarize it. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so in a very important semantics thing to get settled on the outset, mm-hmm. the trade is official. The trade has gone through and what we're in right now. So Kyrie Irving is a Boston Celtic. Isaiah Thomas is a Cleveland Cavalier. Right. Um, the, what's happening now is that they have a, uh, I think it's an eight-day period to void the trade due to a failed physical. So the trade has gone through, and I think that people constantly mix that up on social media. Mm-hmm. Those, the trade is done. And it's just that there's a period where you can revoke the trade. Right. It's like when you get a – if you're refinancing your house, you get what's called a rescission period where you're given a couple of days to change your mind. It's the same thing here, except you have to find out that someone's hip is broken or something like that. Right. So that's an important piece. So, therefore, what that means is that this deadline of Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, where the Cavaliers have until that time to avoid the trade – 
if that deadline passes, then the trade is permanent and cannot be revoked anymore. Right. So I see a lot of people going, well, what happens after that point? Does that mean he goes back? No, no, no. This is like any other trade except that for the first – for one of the very rare moments in the history of NBA trades, it is very publicly being considered for avoidance. So gotcha. this is a really – I mean, this is – Unlike any situation that I can think of off the top of my head in recent memory, mm-hmm. um, the two trades that I can think of immediately that got voided off the top of my head were uh, Donatus Montaunas yep. and um, Tyson Chandler. Montaunas was to the Pistons, I think, two years ago. Right. And Chandler was back way back before the uh, Mass won their title. With Montaunas, he had some like lingering back issues, and right. then they diagnosed in the physical that he like wasn't going to be able to play at all. Right. Now, at first, I think everybody that was watching the situation going down from the outside was thinking, this isn't that situation because we know that Isaiah Thomas is on track to play soon. However, there's been some leaks, especially as reported this morning by um, – Zach Lowe of ESPN on Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. that there is concern that Isaiah Thomas does, in fact, need surgery on this hip or labrum tear. Right. Um, it, was, it, was, it was surprising when at the outset of the injury that he didn't need surgery because the way the injury was described, it was that he has a piece of bone sticking out, which is a genetic malformation on mm-hmm. his hip, mm-hmm. that was causing a tear of the joint where your hip is like the ball and socket of your hip actually move right which obviously is kind of important if you want to walk or run or bounce off of giant people like isaiah thomas does. exactly so he's so he saw all the hip experts in the country saw mm-hmm. the biggest hip experts and at the end of the day his camp decided they wanted to just do a rehab and make it back next season and i think one of the main reasons they wanted to do that is isaiah didn't want to have surgery and end up out for the year on his contract year where he's looking for the Brinks truck max contract sure. he's been talking about for years. Okay, but so, Jared, well, Jared on, on that point, though, Jared, like, at, at, at what point does the team, the Boston Celtics, step in and say, no, we need you to have the surgery? Because if, 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 you, if from what I understand, from what I understand, you know, the recovery time is like, you know, four to six months on this. So let, let's say we, you, you, you play this out and when the postseason ends, he has surgery right away. I don't think we have these issues to this degree now. Isn't it? Uh, am I crazy on this? So what do you think? You're you're not. Believe it or not, you're not crazy. <laughs> but the the thing is, four to six months is optimistic. We saw Wilson Chandler have a, a very similar injury mm-hmm. a couple of years back, and I think he missed almost the entire season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So the this is this injury. I mean, like any other injury, but especially this one, a really rare one, especially one based on you know, hereditary malformation. Right. There are tons of variables here that means that projecting an actual timetable is not, you know, you can't rely on previous precedents to really accurately predict it. Right. I agree that that four to six month timetable is what is, you know, considered normal for the situation, but we have no idea. It could have been he's looking at an eight-month layoff, or it could have been that he just didn't want to have surgery because he was worried that the surgery would make teams more worried about him or he would have a slow start right. and that he wouldn't look as good this year. Although it sounds like now that even without the surgery, he's he even admitted when he talked to Woj of ESPN uh, 24 hours ago that he's not going to be back as soon as people were hoping right. for, which right. certainly sounds like I'm missing – I'm missing time during the beginning of the year. Yep. Um, if he was going to a couple games here or there, I think he wouldn't have said it the way he said it. Exactly. It sounds like he's probably going to be weeks to maybe right. over a month, but that's 
that's fairly speculative. The fact is, it seems like nobody knows, including Isaiah Thomas, when he's going to be back. No, no, and 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 that sort of leads to all sorts of questions around. You know, you know, Boston even attempting to move in. Like, how did they know how serious it was? And you know, and and look, there's all as you said, there's all sort of speculative talk that goes on. And you know, was Danny trying to pull the wool over the Cavs' eyes? And you know, you, you, you've been hearing it all. But but I guess the question you know needs to be asked is how much of this does the Celtics really know? Yeah. It, well, I mean. You know, I'm not on the medical staff, so I can't answer right, the question. Right, Believe right. me, I tried to I tried to find out. The Celtics the Celtics insist that it, it certainly seems like based on what the Celtics are saying through sources, uh, mm-hmm. reporting to uh major reporters and what the Cleveland uh side is saying, it certainly seems like Celt the Celtics are saying we gave them everything that we had. We told them our analysis of the medical situation okay. and that's we did our part, and it looks like Cleveland is having a different interpretation of the situation. Mm. They're thinking that Isaiah is not recovering quickly enough, or he's not recovering on track, and that he really does need surgery. It might be as simple as that the Celtics might have told them that we think you should get surgery, and Isaiah said, no, I want to try to recover. The doctors say that I'm able to recover without surgery. Um, but, I mean, that those are the things that are kept tightly under wraps because those are the most that's the most sensitive information. I know right. that was a phrase that was used in reports I think from Woj the other day. Yep. You know this stuff is the kind of stuff where Isaiah Thomas literally has over a hundred million dollars riding on the Absolutely. way that the way that this information gets leaked out yes. because if he's scaring off all the teams, they're not going to throw that money at him. Exactly. And really, it could be that Isaiah Thomas might end up taking a one-year deal to rebuild his value if he's not able to get a good contract off for this offseason because the injury has become an issue. But then he would be, I think, turning 30 years old when he did that, and it's not likely that a team is going to give a player his size and now with some injury history, you know, a four-year max contract. He might be looking at shorter-term, high-value money uh, contracts. Tell me something. When when, when the trade broke out, the the announcement of the trade, uh, were you surprised? When you saw that Isaiah Thomas was on the move, and let's take you know, let's take the hip thing out of the equation here for a second, you know, straight up trade Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas. What uh, what were you thinking? Was I surprised? I thought I was drunk or something. I was having, I was like, <laughs> what am I looking at right now? You know, and I mean, it was broken by Shams Charani of Yahoo, who I've yep. been friends with for a long time, and yep. I believe I I know that he is as legit and rock solid as anybody gets out there. So once he reported it, I knew it was it was happening. When he right. said, "Are finalizing the deal," that means it's happening. Sure. So we knew it was going to happen. He met and he said that they were negotiating over a pick. And when I saw that, I thought, "All right, this trade kind of makes sense because Isaiah's been hurt and Kyrie's younger." I had argued earlier in the offseason that I would not trade Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie Irving because Isaiah Thomas has been great for the Celtics and is clearly a better fit for the way the Celtics play than Kyrie Irving is the way that he's been playing. But now with all the injury stuff coming out, Mm -hmm. it's actually, it's a great, it's a great trade for the Celtics, even giving up that net stick. And the more we're finding out about the situation, the more it's being clear that the Celtics gave up that full net stick without any protections, which was really surprising Mm. because they did not want to deal with the fallout of what's going on with Isaiah Thomas's hip, and they paid a steep price. But you know what? They got rid of some good assets and one great asset in the Nets pick. And I, I should say Isaiah Thomas, not hurt, is one of the best players in the league. Absolutely. But he's hurt, and we don't know what's going to happen. But to get to take all that, 
and turn it into one of the best young players in all of basketball, who's someone that clearly has another level they can get to. The question is, how high is that level? Is that level MVP candidate, or is that level just starting in the All-Star game? What is it exactly? But, I mean, the Celtics are cashing in on a bunch of their chips to make sure that they have a great franchise cornerstone for the next five to ten years. And that's, you know, I mean, they have – they have security and they have great talent, and now they've got a few of these guys, and that's that's really what they needed. You, you know, when Jay Crowder was thrown in that mix and included as part of that deal, uh, on the surface, you know, the, the initial thought was, hey, the Cavs, the Cavs are making away like bandits here. Uh, that that seemed to be the general consensus, but when you when you sort of look uh, at all the pieces, it seems more level and balanced out than ever than than the, at least on the initial onslaught of things. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, like, and I'm not, this is a reflection of Jay as a player, mm-hmm. but just I, I see Jay as a, a, I guess you could call him as a throw-in into this trade for the fact that he was the only player on the Celtics roster that you could pair with Isaiah Thomas to basically get them to the point where they're matching salary on this trade. Gotcha. So if they were ever going to do this trade, Jay Crowder had to be in it. There wasn't, there wasn't really any other way around it except for including – Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, which right. they were never going to do. Sure. So that was so. So like getting over that wasn't really the thing for me. It was the Nets. It was understanding why they were willing to include the Nets pick, yep. and then they had to throw in like a couple million dollars uh, to fill in the salary there. And of all the guys that they have of their young players on rookie contracts, they chose. Ante Zizic, who is like was a really valued prospect, mm. and that was what really surprised me. Was and that's big is the biggest shocker. But I didn't understand how Cleveland was able to squeeze out of them the Nets pick, and then still yeah. be able to get the little salary filler of a million dollars, be somebody as valuable as Ante Zizic, who projects to be potentially a starting center in the NBA. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Good point. Good point. It, it kind of again, I mean, it, it like it, to me it. It, it it just seems all it all seems level right now, and uh, I know the question is you talk about Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you know the questions is and I, again it's all speculative of course whether or not you know the Cavs are going to go back and ask for more and include one of those two players. Um, it's it's still up in the air. I mean nothing's been totally confirmed. You know if the Cavs are really looking for more or not, but do do you see that if if hypothetically that is true, do you see one of those players going? I uh, no, no, the Celtics are not giving up anything of significant value um, at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be completely pointless to give up someone like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. It completely defeats the purpose of what they're trying to accomplish. Right. The only thing that they could give up is a second round pick, like a high second round pick or late first round pick, which they have a few to choose from, <laughs> or one of their another one of their decent young prospects like Abdel Nader is one that you appoint to is probably of all their young prospects, probably the least valued of all of them, but still a solid prospect. Um, And he's getting paid, I think right around a million dollars or $800,000 or so this year. So that's, that's it. They're not, there's just nothing that is an actual part of the Celtics future plans is getting thrown into this deal. Right. Um, The, like the, the Isaiah Thomas injury was being compensated for and the value that was being exchanged here by that Nets pick yeah. by Ante's yeah. usage. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the whole trade was Cleveland is Boston saying, we understand Isaiah is injured and is damaged goods. Therefore, we're gonna we're willing to part with the Nets pick to make it so that you're coming out with at least 
one mass, you know, one huge blue chip player out of sure, this. Sure. Maybe even two if Isaiah is healthy. And then a like Jay Crowder is the is like a guy that Cleveland has wanted for a long time. They've been wanting a big three and D wing to complement LeBron James and yep. take pressure off of LeBron James. Yep. And like they finally have that guy. Jay is perfect for them. If he's on starting, I think he's probably going to win six man of the year this year. Mm. Actually, I would say he's the overwhelming favorite to win six man of the year this year. So, um, I mean, that, that was great. And then they still get a good rookie prospect in Ante Zizic. I mean, gotcha. it's, it, this is such a huge win for Cleveland, right. even if Isaiah Thomas is hurt. You know, if Isaiah misses half the year and then comes back, they can still keep him. Absolutely. I mean, I would – I don't see any scenario where they wouldn't re-sign him unless they think he's going to be injured because right. either LeBron stays, which looks like it's a 50-50 proposition right now, right. either LeBron stays and they need to keep a great player next to him and they have no other means to acquire another all-star player. They don't have any cap money. They don't really have any other valuable trade assets, maybe yep. Kevin Love, but yep. I don't know if they'd ever realize that. Um And then if LeBron leaves, then you still have an all-star caliber player there who can be the one to carry your team, and they probably wouldn't be good enough to, you know, they, they could fall back to the lottery. They would probably fall back to the they lottery. Like but, you. you know, I don't, yeah. They're, getting Isaiah Thomas, unless his career is literally over, which definitely does not appear to be even a remote possibility right now, right. is going to be a valuable player for this team for the next several years, I think. And and, and, and a piece of all this also has to do with whether or not Isaiah wants to sign with them. I mean, that, that's got to, you know, also be taken into consideration. That's I'm, true. And I think a lot of this is dependent on what happens this year, really, uh, for Isaiah and how soon he gets back on the court. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I would say at the end of the day that LeBron piece, whether he stays or goes, very well could play into to his decision-making as well. So, you know, it's, it's, there's all this uncertainty. And, and more than anything, we know that it's going to make, you know, the next offseason even better than this one, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but I'm excited for it. <laughs> no kidding. So, 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 I mean, uh, before we get on out of here, I think, um, uh, you know, what I'm hearing from you is, is, is you're generally thinking that things will, it sounds like you're saying that things are going to stay as it is and, you know, Cleveland will take what they've gotten and, you know, Boston will take Kyrie and go and make magic. <laughs> I mean, you know, Zach Lowe reported, um, this morning that, Milwaukee is willing to offer Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon and potentially a first-round pick that wouldn't even be that high of a pick um, if this deal falls through with Boston. As much as I, I mean, the vultures are circling, man. The the vultures are circling, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, they really are. They're overhead. They're they're vultures with giant antlers on. But you know, as much as I love Chris Middleton and I think he's one of the best shooting guards in the NBA, and Brogdon is a really good young player. I would rather have the Nets pick and a good veteran Jay Crowder, who's around the same. I think he's around the same age as Chris Middleton. Um, and then Ante Zizic is a good building block, although Malcolm Brogdon looks a little bit better as a prospect at this point. I do say that knowing he won Rookie of the Year, of course. But yeah. I would rather have that next pick and take a run at drafting one of these guys coming up in the draft this year because there's about five elite prospects that could go number one in this draft, and they're all extremely unique players. This draft is exciting. Like, you know, last year's draft was filled with, like, a lot of really kind of, like, classically skilled players, but this upcoming year's draft is filled with super unique players. You know, six-foot-six point guards, 
um, you know, power forts with eight foot long wingspans. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all sorts of crazy yep. stuff we've never seen before. Yep. Uh, all these guys are exciting. So I would rather try to get one of those guys and build on him just the way that the Cavaliers built with Kyrie after LeBron left the Absolutely. first time. That's what I would be going for. Absolutely. If I Absolutely. Listen, the, it, uh, all we can say is stay tuned. Uh, uh, while while we're coming near the end of the road, we're not quite done yet, but I'm sure uh, we know all our, our questions will be answered in a mere moment. It'll feel like that's for sure. Hey, Jared, listen, man, I appreciate you uh, you, you taking the time to chop it up here on the Hoopstock Nation podcast. Um, uh, our listeners, they can find you at Jared Weiss NBA on Instagram and Twitter. So if you're looking to get the scoop on uh, and what, what what's going on with you, by all means, they can do that. And, of course, over our CLNS family uh, doing their thing with the Garden Report and the, the Celtics postgame show uh, all season long. Uh, so, uh, again, thanks for it, my man, and uh, we'll keep it locked, man. Yeah, it's great catching up with you. One of the original CLNS family members going way back yeah. back when I was in college. Always, wow. always a pleasure to talk to the odd man. Appreciate you, Jared. And to our listeners, you've been listening to the Hoopstock Nation podcast, a place where we like to keep that basketball conversation going. I'm the odd man, Arby Stevenson, and I am gone. Later. <laughs>